Hi guys, welcome back to the Revive Stronger podcast. I'm your host, as always, Steve Hall, and today I have Alberto Nunez from 3DMJ back on the show. And we had him on about six months ago, and he was just starting his contest prep, or he was kind of in the thick of his contest prep, and now I wanted to reflect upon it. He did four shows, did incredibly well, brought a fantastic physique to stage, and we're going to reflect upon that, lessons, takeaways, and also what he's going to bring into his next season, his next competitive season, and how he's going to approach his off-season as well. And I think there are some really handy takeaways here and some really interesting discussions surrounding the sport of bodybuilding as well. So guys, as a reminder, we do have our ultimate guide to contest prep. So if you want to know how to go about starting your contest prep, the execution throughout, bring your best physique to stage through peaking and then also going about your recovery phase. We have you covered with this ultimate guide. So if you're interested in that, that'll be found in our shop at Revive Stronger. Otherwise, without further ado, let's get into the chat. Hi guys, welcome back to the Revive Stronger podcast. I'm your host as always, Steve Hall, and today I have Alberto Nunez back on the show. I can't quite believe it's been six months. I didn't know if you knew that, Alberto, but that was the last time we chatted, at least on podcast, and that was episode 326. I'm referencing the episode in case people want to track back because that was kind of, you were pretty deep into prep at that time, but you hadn't done any competitions. And I was like, I, I, I had to get you back on to kind of reflect on those. And it's actually been a while, I guess, your kind of post-recovery period now and everything like that recovery diet, maybe in an even better place to be able to chat and converse and feel a little bit more switched on. But, but I, I think prep doesn't hit you the same way it hits other people in that regard. Uh, you still converse very well. So I thought it was a great opportunity to bring Alberta back on and talk about the season, kind of recap it and... Um, probably gives you another opportunity to like look and like smell the roses a little bit because I don't know how much you've done that personally. So it's great to yeah. have you back. Yeah, it's crazy. You know how that goes. It's like uh, you have all these like selfies and pictures on your phone after a prep, and there's a good frame of time there where like you can't even look at them. You know, you're like, oh, like especially when you're in the middle of it all, and then like afterwards, you're like, wow, that was we did pretty good. You know, so I, I think I'm I'm slowly getting to that point now. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Although you've you've also made the point, which I definitely relate to, where I think as a bodybuilder, especially when you're first competing, you want to share all your like bodybuilding pics all the time because they're like the ones that you think you look your best. And then you get to a point where you're like, I don't want to share any of those. Like I'm embarrassed of that physique. <laughs> and that's when you know you've yeah. you've grown some. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's 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 all Raymond for, man. It's gonna be a shorter off season, but um but yeah. I want to get to the point where, you know, before I prep, it's like, I can't wait to show you guys, like, you know, the, the upgrades. That's that's the goal anyways. And then, so for the listeners this season, am I right in saying you did, or the 2022 season even, you did four shows, is that right? Yeah, I did four shows, four shows in all. So, so the first one was the US WMBF, which I believe was second place, is that right? The first one was the the universe. So that's, that's where I got... Uh, I ended up winning that one. Oh, that then, was the MPC universe, right? Uh, no, 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 not the MPC. Oh. Not the, that, I've always wanted to do that, but that one's in July. Okay, I got those mixed. <laughs> worlds means, honestly, Worlds means more to me than an IFBB pro card. Like, that's that's just being real. Um, so the, it was that one, and then I went to Canada, and I got second place there, and then I did a local MPC show, and then finally, finally Worlds. Yeah, I got those. Uh, I think I got that. The WMBF US one was the one I was thinking of. So, um, yeah, you did the one NPC show. How did you find doing that? I think you enjoyed it, didn't you? Oh, those are so easy, man. Like, there's there's no fuss. Like, you literally can sign up the day before, man. Like, I mean, just as many classes as you want, they'll take your money. Uh, so, no poly. So, that's nice. Uh, Dream Tan is banned almost everywhere, but and the NPC started it, but it's, it's been so far back now that it's couldn't find it on the rules. So I got to wear dream 10, which is my favorite color. And it goes on in 10 minutes. So it felt like such low hanging fruit. I, to the point where I got to sleep in my own bed. Cause that's something that, you know, you take for granted. Like, you know, if you're an amateur in a decently like populated area, you probably have shows in your backyard, uh, but pro shows, you know, you're gonna have to fly to those. So I legit got to sleep in my own bed. I, did the morning show, drove back home, hung around, went back. It was, it was just so stress-free. 
I remember seeing you driving back like between the show. I was like, oh, I could never even imagine being able to to do that. And again, being that stress free. So, but I can, I can for sure see, because like people probably think oh, for, for you as a natural competitor, like, you know, your natural polygraph shouldn't stress you out, but like they're, they purpose, I think, I feel like they're done in a way that's purposefully stressful anyway. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know the ins and outs of them, but every time I've done one, like they are stressful things. And like, so I can imagine it being nice just being like, oh yeah, I can just like rock up and do this thing. And there's no one asking anything about anything there. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. It's like, have I seen too many movies, but I guess I just associate it with like, if you're taking a poly, you might've done some shit, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so only bad people get polyed. Um, I, 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 I hate polys. I do like, like, and I can never really calibrate how I'm going to feel about it. Cause there's been times where I'm just like, okay, I just go take care of my poly. I'll be right back. And when I get there, like, you know, your fight or flight systems just, just like really tick up a little bit. Um, so yeah, no poly. Like it, it was, it was, and then the posing, like an NPC, since they have so many athletes, you're like cattle, man. Like it's, it's like. I think I spent like five minutes on stage. Maybe it was probably more like three. It was just like, boom, boom. I think we skipped some poses actually. And, uh, and get out of there. That was my experience with, uh, I did, oh, was it uh, the two bros, which is like a, an affiliate with the IFBB, I believe in the UK. And it, I didn't do it as a, they have like their natural one. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that in terms of them yeah. trying to kind of get in on some of the natural scene and, but uh, I think they're going to struggle because the experience was, wasn't superb. And one of my biggest grievances was similar to you in terms of time on stage was just like, they didn't even move us around. It was just like, you stand there, hit every pose, like you said, like barely any time. And then you're, you're off very quickly like cattle, which, uh, yeah, I think you'll appreciate this. Like every time, like you spend so much time in prep and then you're on stage, you kind of want to be worked. Yeah. Yeah. People sometimes they complain about it, but it almost starts to feel like a true athletic competition because, you know, you have to stay disciplined, you know, you're, you're getting fatigued and the judges, you know, they split hairs like in, in the tested federations between like, okay, we're going to make sure that, you know, sixth place goes to the guy that gets deserves sixth place. And, and, you know, you're, you're up there trying to keep your composure. So it's, it's, it legit feels like a competition sometimes. I mean, I tell most of my guys that compete in, in tested federations, like, yeah, expect about 15 minutes up there. And if you're a pro, they drag it up to 30. Don't be surprised. Yeah, that's, uh, it's mad. And I mean, also for the people in the crowd, I think you want to see the pros up there for a while because it's just like, these are the creme de la creme. Like it's outstanding, especially when I was at Worlds and I didn't see, not this year, of course, but in 2021, I was watching some of the pro classes. I was just like, wow, this is just like, this is like, I guess it's our Olympia basically. So it's, mm-hmm. it's outstanding to see those competitors on stage who you're like, okay, like this is legit. Like you said, there's, there's levels to this sport and you see that with the pro class at WNBF worlds. Yeah. And physiques change, man. Like that's, that's the one thing. Like when people are up there, um, like there's guys that, you know, just cause they're usually better prepared and better peaked and more, you know, they practice or posing more. It's like, Whoa, they're, they're really starting to stand out. So you don't really, in some cases get to know like what is what until like you're five minutes in um so you, you can't do that with the behemoths and npc because you have like a 240 <laughs> pound guy who cut water you know maybe he's dabbling in some diuretics and it's 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 almost they, they let the bodybuilders go up first i i feel because we have they have no idea how long these people can like hold it together for so that was yeah. another perk it was just like like show started at eight thirty. I was up there, and there was numerous classes before me. Like before nine, it blew my mind. Yeah, so that's fast. mad. <laughs> uh, with the shows that you did, was was there any particular one that surprised you or stood out to you? As like, I don't know if you had. I guess Worlds for you was the one that you had. Like, mm-hmm. this is the one you're gunning for. This is where you want to bring your best. But which of them did you like enjoy the most or get the most kind of I guess reward from? You know, they all had something, man. Like um doing one of Nancy Andrews shows, like she she's a legendary promoter. Like that was a big deal for me. It's like I felt like I had to get a Nancy Andrews show under under my belt. Um and I remember I was like, oh like, you know, but there was a few names there that, that were gonna be there and uh but then I kept hearing about this peacock guy, this peacock guy, and I'm like I'm like like 
Peacock. Like I knew, I I, I knew Peacock. But I didn't think like, he was competing at this show, like the Peacock. Um, and then I see his big ass just walk into the uh, the warm up area, and I'm like, oh, okay. Like right away, like I'm like, it's on. Like this is this is going to be a good test. So that was probably the most memorable experience there. Uh, the Canada show, just going up to Canada, and and it's 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 beautiful up there. Got to go to Banff. Uh, Canadians are so freaking nice with there. I'm I'm sorry. Um, and, and got to meet a bunch of like really, really cool people and people who, you know, you, 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 you talk to online and to, you feel like you've known them like forever. Yeah. So that was, that was nice. And and then worlds is obviously worlds. Like that is, um, just one of those things where it's like even, well, I'm going this year, but it's, it, it, I think going forward, I just appreciate worlds so much. That I need to find a way to like, get out there. I mean, you 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 got to compete in one, and it's more than just the competition. It's it's, yeah. it's just like we all gather together and and reconnect, and like th- those moments are special for us. So, world was definitely. I, I'd say everything was awesome about this last season, but that was definitely everything I I wanted it to be. Yeah, worlds. Uh, like I can definitely speak to. It's just. For me, I, I can't even, I think it, it just culminated all of my kind of bodybuilding journey in one stage. And I definitely want to be able to go out there again. Who knows? Like, a, I don't like to say confidently that I'm going to be there and competing again, because who knows what happens, especially mm-hmm. the UK scene just keeps yes. getting madder and madder. So hopefully I'll get the pleasure of being at WMBF Worlds as a competitor again. But I want to be there as a coach and just like a spectator again, because it's just such a, a fun event. And like you said, there's people who are there who you've spoken to online and you get to kind of just like catch up and hang out for a bit. So it's such a great time. And you mentioned Peacock. Was that the same show? Brett Freeman was also in that lineup mm-hmm. as well, right? Yep, and that's, yep, yep. that's the, you won that show. Is that the one you won? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the one I won. Um, and I knew that Freeman was going to be a little undercooked for that one. So was I just slightly. Yeah. Um, but you know, I know how Peacock was going to look, but you know, he's just a big dude. Like <laughs> it hardly matters, man. Like he, he, he looks like he plays linebacker in the NFL. Like he's one yeah. of those guys that if you take a casual like bodybuilding fan, they'd be like, there's no way that guy's natural. Like he's, he's yeah. just a big ass dude. And then, and it's nice like when that sort of thing happens where it, it isn't all about size, like in bodybuilding yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean, symmetry is a huge component and the more I'm into it and especially as a judge, like sitting there and watching mm-hmm. when I got to judge some shows, I'm like, Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I'm seeing why I'm placing where I'm placing a lot of the time. Like that symmetry card, if someone's got heaps of that, which uh, certainly something you have a good amount of, also muscularity and a lot of condition. So yeah, it's kind of like top trumps in that sense. Like he might have that muscularity card on you, but if you can edge him out on other areas, I think that's where the fun comes in. And that's why, like, especially with a lot of the people who, you know, from just like the casuals from far away, that like, accuse certain athletes of like being fake nighties. It's like, you've never been to a bodybuilding. Like you don't even know how the game is played, bro. Like you need to go to a few bodybuilding shows, natural bodybuilding shows before you can tell me anything about my sport. Cause like, if you're viewing natural bodybuilding from some screen, it's like, no, no, go, go to three world championships, spectate those. And you know what? I think at that point you could probably have some like fake natty glasses, but like, if you've never been to it, like you, you just, you just don't know. Um, and, and like, for example, like in my case, like I am known mostly for my conditioning, but the truth is it's like, I'm not the most conditioned guy in the pro circuit. There's guys that are leaner. And what actually makes me moderately successful as a bodybuilder is symmetry. And symmetry is something that like, it, it's not what people think. It's, it's, it's like, you have to be there. You have to experience it. And, and, and you see that symmetry is like, Symmetry can be um, your, um, yeah, your ulna being too long for your humerus on your side poses. Like whenever you see Jeff Alberts hitting his side pose, like, okay, yeah, he's tapered. That's part of symmetry. Um, but also it's like the limb proportion, like the limb proportion. It's like, it's like everything's like this perfect size and like your brain is spinning these like mathematical equations for like what is like beauty, what is art. Yeah. And it's very intuitive. Like even my mom now to this point, she calls it cool, cool in Spanish. But when she goes to natural bodybuilding shows, she's like, like, oh, that guy's got a very cool physique is, is <laughs> the, the word she would use. Um, 
she calls it style, I think is the exact translation. I like his style. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. It's like, go see a few natural bodybuilding shows before you start posting up on Reddit and all sorts of bullshit. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I completely agree. And, uh, yeah, it's one thing to see someone like on stage, like peaked under that stage lighting. And then like, cause then their head, they're like, oh, but I see this natural guy and he's my friend and he's clothed or whatever. And they think that like they're seeing photos, like it's just, it's just such a misconception people get about the sport as well so yeah i think that's that's super important and yeah the symmetry thing that that got me for a while where i, was, I always viewed symmetry as like oh so the the upper body should be as proportioned to the lower body i'm like oh, that's not symmetry they're like they call yeah. symmetry but like it's the x frame and like you said it's very intuitive like people once you've seen a few shows you can pinpoint that person who mm -hmm. like they have that x frame when they stand on stage yeah yeah, it's it's the one that again it comes just most naturally to us like like humans. It's just it's just something about the taper, about limbs being in a certain proportion, uh like the muscularity and like how it flows. Like you, you catch on to that really quick. But yeah, go see some shows, people. Like go see worlds. Like it's still a cheap thrill. I think it's in my opinion, like it's some of the best bodybuilding you will see in the planet. Um I mean, put it this way. It's like, I'd say like Sean Clarita right now in the IFBB, he's somewhere like for sure in like the top 15, like across all weight classes, right? As good as maybe even like in the top five. When he was doing the natural circuit, that's exactly what he was at, man. Like, so sometimes people are like, hey, you know, it's like, those are the best genetics. And it's like, no, no, no. A lot of these guys on this side, it's like their bodies work so well that they've never even considered like those natural genetic outliers. And you know, this, Steve, like some of the stuff they do, it's like, like, this is a meme. Like you, you would think this is how you prep. This is what you do. This is how yeah. you train. And it does not freaking matter. Like, so for them, it's like, they've never even thought about enhancements. Cause they're like, you know, I kind of looked this way since I was 14. I don't feel <laughs> like I need anything. Yeah. I always bring up this example I went to a fairly local like uh, BNBF show and I was watching my client and this guy just like rocked up, a uh, black guy, like just rocked up, walked in and he was like, um, like, is this the like natural bodybuilding show? Like he wasn't really sure. He came like at half time and then he didn't even have, my client was like, he didn't even have posing trunks. Like someone had to, he just had his like own briefs and like rolled them up and he came out on stage and it was just like, he took it. It was just he he didn't even really know how to hit the poses. It's just like he was huge, ripped. It's just like he just walked off the street and just came in. It's like those are some of the freaks out there that just don't even really have to prepare like everyone else. Yeah, no, I've seen homeless dudes that like legit. They were very homeless, very homeless. Like you could tell, it's like they've been homeless for a minute, and they look like better than ninety nine percent of the gym population. Like for some reason, their body really uh caters to storing energy and muscles like for some reason so um so yeah yeah it's a crazy world man and and i think initially we can all be a little discouraged when we find out that there's this some people there's people out there that are like six standard deviations away from the mean but like it's kind of liberating in a way because you're yeah. like okay i am what i am now and i'm just gonna do the best with like what i have and like honestly i think sometimes those genetic freaks they kind of they miss out on certain experiences like maybe our bodies don't function as straightforward as their bodies but there's other things that they miss out on too like yeah i'd love to wear that muscle suit and just make it so that like anything anything legitimately works i could you know do plyometrics and have these amazing quads um but i there's also something about this side too that, that's quite intriguing and, and special yeah. in its own way I don't think it's half probably as rewarding. I guess people always use the analogy of like being born into money. It's kind of a similar yes, thing. Like yes. when you make your money from nothing and then you become a better coach as well. Uh, I think when you like know how to decipher these things for yourself and then you can apply that to others as well. Like you said, though, it would be nice to have those millions or have that physique <laughs> at least for, for a time or eventually get there. Uh, and I think this is an, not an area I thought to take it, but I, I, I bet you've had experiences with clients like this, Alberto, and I have as well, and I've experienced it myself where you are that person who doesn't necessarily like, 
you, you doubt yourself and what you're responding to. And like you said, it can be liberating. I think it can be liberating, but for some people it can be, um, they end up questioning themselves and their process and what their methods are. And then maybe you see this person who's just, they're always looking for that silver bullet, the thing they're not doing. And um, I don't know, their coach hop maybe, or they, they kind of are just doubting themselves. Have you any advice for that person or have you experienced that yourself? Yeah, man, that's, that's a tricky situation, right? Um, it's because sometimes these people tend to be overly analytical and yeah. sometimes they get grief over it. You know, you have someone with much better genetics just be like, hey, you need to chill out. It's like, well, it's easy for you to say, buddy. You know, you, you can grow a quite symmetrical physique with, uh, I don't know, like nine movements, you know, but that's you. Like that that's certainly not them. Um, yeah, you just have to kind of strike a balance, right? Because I think being curious being analytical in that way is it's definitely your meal ticket if, if that's the situation you, you have going but um yeah i can get to the point where you know it, it's it's causing it's hindering you more than, than helping you um and honestly the only way you you find out where that sweet spot is is you kind of have to go overboard with it and then like you reel it back just like everything else you know like we've all done it to some extent with, with our own bodybuilding where Maybe we're eating eight meals and we're like, okay, like four or five meals is the sweet spot, whatever, something like that. But you 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 have to push and be curious and eventually you'll figure it out. But I think you you can't be in a rush to figure things out either, because it's like whatever optimal is, like, you know, you and I we try to aim for somewhere near that. And then five years goes by and it's like, oh, this and that was suboptimal anyways. And here you were trying to like you know, be sneaky, be like, like extra prepared and, and, and do all these little things to be optimal. And then it's like, ah, oh, five years goes by. It didn't really matter that much. So you're never optimal anyway. So, um, yeah, yeah. Find peace in that, even though it can be frustrating to think of it that way as well. Yeah, no, I think that's really well said. And the same for like getting grief for like trying to think about it a little bit harder than other people. Yeah. And obviously there's limitations to that. And sometimes I've certainly, like you said, you sometimes you have to like, you think the grass is greener. You think there's a better approach, a better way to do it. You try it and it's like, actually it's like much for muchness or what I was doing before maybe was working better. And I always just try and refer back and like comfort myself and be like, what things do we know? Like the basic principles. And so long as it's mm -hmm. pretty much aligning with that, like I'm adhering uh, actually, me and Pascal talked about it recently. I guess it comes up every now and then where just like time is the biggest differentiating factor between like competitors. The ones who have been doing it the longest um, are generally going to be the best. Exactly. Yeah. And there's comfort in that too. I think for someone who's starting out initially, it's like, you mean I have to wait 10 years and it's like, well, eventually 10 years will go by anyways. If all things go according to plan, this life is tricky sometimes. It doesn't work that way for everyone, unfortunately, but 10 years goes by and, and then you'll be on that side and, and you feel like, hey, I earned my stripes in a way. And there's something, there's something, yeah, like, I, I, I'm just as proud of like being consistent over like over two decades now as I am as like, like anything else. So until you got to earn them stripes, man, and, and time flies anyways. Yeah, for sure. No, it absolutely does. I can't believe it's we're almost coming into April of this year. And you're probably like, I feel like I just stepped off the stage. Like what's going on here? Uh, were there any big lessons or takeaways from this season? Anything different to other seasons that you kind of going to take going forward for you? Yeah, yeah, there's always something, right? Um, so again, it's like you think you're doing optimal, right? And then you go back and you're like, oh, okay, that didn't work out nearly as well. Um, so I think probably first and foremost, I I think prep makes you more transparent in many ways. You know, like the little things that bother you, they bother you more. Like, you know, right? Um, like we talked about this in dogs in our like last podcast, right? It's like right. I, um so for me it always kind of it resets me in regards to like, okay, how can I better design my life? Like what what can I do? And, and a big one for me was I wasn't the best sleeper prior to this last prep. And then this prep at some point um, got me a, a Fitbit. And I'm like, I'm keep track of this metric a little bit more. Um, I, I hardly do it now, really. 
uh, bare wrist, but it was a good way. It's kind of like counting macros, you know? Yeah. It's like you do it and then like you kind of set up the behaviors. And that was very eye-opening, very eye-opening was just how much having these fantastic, like people do this with caffeine. It's like they taper off caffeine, but they works better during the later stages of the prep. And I think a big one is like, hey, work on your sleep hygiene, like max that thing out so that, you know, okay, maybe peak off season, you're like nine hours of sleep, whatever. Um, and, and then that way, when you're deep into a prep, it only downgrades so much. Um, but it was very obvious to me um, just how different each day felt when I was like, well slept, like it was easy. Like those days were almost hacks. Um, so I think that's something that, okay, it's like, I'm, I'm trying to even improve upon that even more during this off season so that, Hey, that's just how I live. Come, come next rep. So sleep was, it was a huge lesson, um, sleep. And, and then, um, this is, it's going to sound bizarre to most people, but I got into meditating. I think that is, um, man, like your computer just needs a reset, like not this computer, but every once in a while, I was like, turn that thing off. Uh, and being able to like do that and slow down your thinking and have more control over your mind, um, I think is especially important when, when you're prepping, because you know, how it goes, man, it's like your, your brain goes this way, that way. And it, it, it brings up all these imaginary scenarios of like the worst things that can happen. Um, so being able to just reel things in and control my own mind, uh, was big. And I started off with small amounts, like just like 10 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day. And it's, it's done wonders, just like a lot of things with bodybuilding, like a lot of the things that we do, like the stress management, the sleep, being selective about the things we put in our body, the, the exercising, like these are all things that like lend to a better life. Yeah. Um, you know, and you hear it said all the time is like bodybuilding should enhance your life. It, it really should. Like it really should. And I, I can't see myself living any other way at this point. Like, like whether I compete or not, it's like I'm going to be a bodybuilder and just be mindful of how I experience and like, live in this world. So the meditating was huge. Um, and, and then also, I guess the, the last one's just that like you learn to find less invasive ways to get yourself ready for shows. And it, 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 I think most people think of that and they're like, well, then you're just going to come in softer. And it's like, no, not necessarily. You just get more skilled with it. And we definitely, you know, added some things there um, and makes the recovery period like so much more efficient. Um, I mean, it was to the point where every time I took my refeeds, I almost felt like I, re I was like, I wouldn't say like 10 out of a 10 recovered, but I go from like a high six to like an eight. So literally like a week after that last show, like that was it like there hasn't been no more like oh this is recovery okay oh this is recovery oh this is normal because yeah. you know that's usually how it works um so just learning to fuck my body up less to get what yeah. i want from it that's been very valuable uh but yeah those are the main things man and um you just learn to enjoy it more like for sure like that's um that's that's huge like going back to worlds man like, like one of my best memories from like the worlds you did uh, was just sitting there with like Dirk and everyone else and we were just eating, you know? So yeah, just being thankful that like we found something that it, it, it's our thing. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. I, I don't know if I, I always like to throw analogies at, at, at things, but it's like, I don't know if you're driving a, a journey you've never done before, you have to think about every little detail. Am I going to have enough fuel? Like what's the quickest way to get there? Whatever it might be. Do I have to pay for a toll? Whereas now mm -hmm. you've done this journey so many times, you can almost just go and cruise control and just be like, actually like look out the window and enjoy the view and take it all in. So that makes so much sense. And actually, it's really nice to hear as someone who like competes because I know like I've had the same experience where it's got nicer and nicer, but I'm not at the point where I've taken it to the way you have and have that level of experience and be able to enjoy it to, to that extent and hope to get there as well. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it's nice to hear that. And also nice to know that like people at your level are still looking for ways to improve and like picking these little things up. And I think when you do get that kind of security blanket of food taken away from you it, it does reveal the cracks quite quickly oh, yeah. so uh, that, that makes loads of sense and actually you brought up one thing because I, I i recently listened to one of your vlogs where you or or maybe it was on it was somewhere on social media where you brought up about pushing body weight up 
and you said kind of like it's less invasive now to like get to stage condition from that piece of content i took that you aren't necessarily going to push to as high an off-season body weight as maybe you had previously i'd love to hear a bit more about that yeah um so it's kind of like volume we that's been discussed before that eventually you can kind of isolate what's actually generating progress here um same thing i think when it comes to like i guess like a lot of people will mass progress with like these massive surpluses yeah so like they're like volume junkies but when it comes to calories in a way instead of just kind of taking what they need the same way you do with with volume um and you know usually people tend to be a little mismatched across the board like there there's people who maybe overly rely on like the stimulus side of things but like their life outside the gym is just totally like wacky um and there's people who are the inverse it's like you know okay like you're this like beautiful lifestyle you have going on but like you just like you train like a wimp you know <laughs> yeah. right so yeah kind of working on, on on both ends and you know things like being better about my stress management being better about my sleep um all these things and, and then being like finally getting a better understanding of, of what's moving the needle when it comes to like my training stimulus uh, i'm only training three days a week by the way so that's i was gonna ask if different. it was still three yeah. Yeah, stone three. And so, yeah, I'm only taking what I need when it comes to training volume, um, when it comes to calories as well. Um, but, you know, again, it's like you have to go overboard with these things, kind of like the overall over analytical person we discussed. Like when it comes to your training volumes, like, yeah, you kind of have to do this. And then you're like, all right, let's reel it in. And, and, and the same thing with, you know, maybe how you supply your, your bulking phases where it's like, oh, maybe maybe you don't need a, like a 600 calorie surplus, like to, to maximize progress. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I'll still end up being like 20 something pounds over stage weight, but that's definitely like every year I, I cut off. It seems like five pounds on average when it comes to my off season body weight. So we're, yeah, we're getting cleaner about the process. Um, and then also I actually tweeted about this yesterday um i this was the first time i ever had the weight on my skin to tighten up like ever yes and and i've done some insane things to my skin like so for the people who don't like at some point i got myself up to 250 pounds because that's what i thought i had to do to I don't know, compete at 200 like just different times um and literally like no loose skin so so like it's it's i've and when it comes to skin, like collagen, it's like I'm 40, but like I don't think I have like an actual wrinkle in my face. So like my skin is like very, it's good skin. But even then, I like there was points along the prep where I'm like, I've never had to wait for like skin around my midsection to like tighten up. So I'm gonna play loose games with my skin. I mean, loose skin, like for people out there who are thinking I can be, it doesn't really matter that much. It's more of a me thing more than anything. So I'm going to try to wreck that a little bit less and, and maybe keep it as tight as I can while not shooting myself in the foot is, is the goal. We'll see if I actually am able to execute this. Do you not see the progress you would like? Are you sick of writing your own programs? Or perhaps you need some accountability in order to stick with the plan? Then it's time to start working with us. We at Revive Stronger offer a truly personalized coaching service. You'll get more than just an email with some macros or random cookie cutter program. With Revive Stronger, you will be the center of our attention. You will receive your own fully individualized training protocol alongside a customized nutritional strategy. We create the coaching around your needs, wants, personal preferences, and your own unique lifestyle. Every single week, we delve into your program in order to make appropriate adjustments so that we get the most out of your time and the best possible outcome. We help both female and male athletes to seriously change their body composition by adding more muscle mass and decreasing fat tissue. No matter if you're a competitive bodybuilder or just want to look better, if you need help with your progress and taking your physique to the next level, our coaching is for you. It's time to make a change. Sign up today and let's revive stronger. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I remember seeing, uh, I saw that tweet as well. And I think it's sometimes I see it around the glutes for male competitors where they have mm -hmm. that little bit of loose skin. And yep. yeah, it's frustrating. Um, but yeah, to have been like, I can't even imagine being as heavy as 250 pounds and we're like not too dissimilar body weights. So I'm like, oh man, to have got up that heavy, um, which kind of is countered to the point I'm about to make, but I know you're someone who generally lives at Alina, like you feel better 
like like you said you felt pretty recovered pretty soon after mm -hmm. competing a lot of competitors don't feel good in themselves to perform in the gym and whatever it might be until they are that much heavier over stage weight so you can't and i always think what's the kind of match the lights the fire for muscle gain is training and progressively overloading so if you're able to do that in a leaner physique like you've just got like a bit of a, a luxury that other people maybe don't have and it makes sense over time you've been able to get it leaner too because you've just been able to do all of these things easier and you don't need that buffer like you did before yeah yeah um no and you know i'm big on like setting myself up for for prep and you know like i'll run some mini cut before so that this just allows me to have a lot more kick for that final leg um so and it saves muscle i i really do believe it saves muscle because dude like yeah it's it's those last five pounds like i think like well not necessarily five pounds what we'll say like the last like three to four percent of body weight that you have to lose like that's that's the dangerous bit that's where you can lose progress and if you've lost 20 percent of your body weight just to get to that point you're not going to have much kick and those are usually the cases where like people people lose muscle so um so yeah we're gonna try to keep it you know, we'll see how it, how it goes. I am a lot more patient with my progressions now, because right? when you th really think about it, like you're adding grams of muscle, right? So, like, what should that look like when it comes to your performance? It should kind of sort of be like you know, Wayne's when you're losing weight, where it's like, okay, these numbers are like slowly disappearing, and this number you're seeing it more often. Like that probably is more of a one to one when it comes to how or at what rate we actually grow. So. You know, at this point, I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not rushing anything. I'm not trying to lift weights that, um, I, I guess are entertaining or for the pleasure of others or to like show other people around me like how strong I am. It's like a, literally, it's like a new rep happens. It's because like the proper adaptations are are taking place. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. If you're meeting the the thresholds for being stressful enough, that the progressive overload is just a sign that you've been doing that for long enough now. So. Mm -hmm. Um, that's been, I think, really helpful for a lot of lifters where they felt like they were always like chasing that higher number and every week trying to do that. It's like, it just becomes very unrealistic once you've been doing this for a, for a few years. And so if you're getting that stimulus, it's just a matter of time until you're going to hit that and like PR and the, like it's a sign that you're growing. So that's very exciting. And I guess people will be interested. I think you also mentioned this as well. You eyeing up 2024, is that what, right? Is that the, the next season that you're thinking to do? Yeah, 2024. Um, that means prep would start somewhere in May, June next year, which, as you know, just it goes by really quick. Sounds like a long time, but, you know, bodybuilding time, not, not so much. Um, I just had a good time with it, man. Like, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. And um, my girlfriend enjoyed it. Like, you know, we got to travel and do things. So that'll be a big thing. It's like, I want to do a show up in, in, in Europe. And I think there'll be some available by, by then. Um, so you only get so many preps, man. Like I'm starting to realize that. And it's, it's probably why I probably want to compete every other year going forward. Maybe in my 50s every year, because I'll have nothing else better to do at that point. Um, but yeah, but I want to enjoy these because again like they're so memorable in their own way and i want to add to that that photo album so yeah at this point 2024 is what we're thinking yeah that's exciting because that is the year i'm eyeing up as well so that would be cool if not that i'm going to be stepping on stage with you <laughs> because that uh, you uh, i don't know, know how that would even happen well. <laughs> if all things go well although i shouldn't be in your weight class like no. I, I ended up in that that deathly middle weight class this last year i should have just done something about that but uh but you never know that'd be a ball yeah no i mean that would i mean it would be like a dream come true if i can compete like with yourself and like some of the greats like again for me like if i i just i'm not it's like the the pro card will come to me if i can make it mm -hmm. uh but like we'll see what happens because you don't have control over that element and yeah i was going to bring up actually because you were not thinking you'd be a middleweight but i guess you didn't manipulate body weight to try and make sure you're a lightweight or anything like that but were you the lightest in the, the class in the end if you know i think i was like near the lightest a few other guys got, got screwed as well but they were shorter than me man i was the i was like among the tallest but <laughs> among the lightest so that's not a good place to be um yeah i mean speaking of like your like like the internal parts of you and, and the fight or flight. Like I, I never have a hard time going even when I'm prepping, like with regularity. 
but for some reason, like we land in LA and like my body was just like frozen. Um, and right. We, I was right next to like a CVS pharmacy. I could have gone a non-stimulant laxative and that would have like put me there. So I know as soon as I went in, I'm like, okay, I am probably like, mm, it's probably an, like an 80, 20 chance. Like that I'm 20% that I'm going to be a lightweight. Um, and had I weighed in, I think I missed about two pounds, two pounds. And I would have been, been lightweight. Um, but honestly it was at the end, like, I, I, I think I know where I would have placed in the lightweights, but that was personally, it's, it's kind of like the IFBB card versus like me doing well at worlds. Like I think to the more lay people, it, it wouldn't make sense. But like for me internally, like I would much rather win my class at worlds than get an IFBB pro card. Like uh, that's just me personally. And, and because of how I see and view the landscape and I, I, I understand like what talent looks like, like whether it's yeah. enhanced or not. Um, so that was more rewarding to like at least break the top five in a class that I didn't belong with some like really, really amazing bodybuilders. I felt like I was getting away with murder in a way. Like, <laughs> yeah. So. From looking at it from the outside in, obviously it's a bit different when you're there. The middleweights. Oh, I mean, it often is, I guess, but it definitely looked like the most overall competitive class, even though the winner of the middles didn't win the overall. I mean, he certainly pushed for the overall and I mean, he's got yes, overalls he coming to him because yes, he was he outstanding. Does. But I mean, just people know how good you are, Alberto, and to come fifth in that class just says the caliber of like the, the rest of the top, uh, the, the other four. Well, middleweights is, is, is it's a death sentence, man. It's like you get the best of everything because sometimes the guys when they get too big it's like they have the, these more robust frames so they kind of lose a little bit of that x frame um and you know there's a lot of x frame in the lighter weight classes typically a lot more symmetry but the middle weights it's kind of a mixture of everything and i to like kind of go so the guy that won the year before ended up placing eighth like there's no room for error in that class yeah there's no room for error um so it 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 was a total dogfight, and and I mean, it was fun. Next time I'll try to be in my weight class because <laughs> that was crazy. But uh, but yeah, the middleweights, geez, like they, it, it's it's always it's always a class to watch at a at a big pro show. And, and again, I can't say it enough. Like if you can go to a world championship event, like it's cheap. Like it's it's like, I think it's it's right up there with anything else in sports, especially if this is what you do. It's like go it's like the ticket's gonna be like 50 bucks or something and you know you can have some really good seats um but yeah no, those middleweights see that they're they're ridiculous yeah it's it, i mean it's something to say the guy that won it now came eighth in that pro class like that says it all how even i mean the i guess the further we get away from covid and everything that happened there the, the kind of I, I think last year was the first year it probably like fully normalized i don't know like it wasn't terrible years before but i don't know the numbers but i imagine they were higher and so that just yes. draws in and higher caliber and all of those elements and I, I don't know where I heard it, but I remember hearing something along the lines of when you're kind of judging uh, the amateur classes, you're sort of looking for strengths and who's the winner. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you're looking at a pro class, you're looking for like, who's got weaknesses who we can just like drop them out and, and then to hide those weaknesses then becomes like a, or not have weaknesses <laughs> is something you have to really think about. Yeah, there's no positive reinforcement that it's like they... They want to punish you for every little error you make. That's that's the difference because you, you should be, when you're a pro, it's like you should do everything well. So whatever you don't, they're just not going to let it go. So pro classes are actually in some ways like easier to judge because yeah. you just, you dog people for the most minuscule things. And on the point of obviously you're looking to compete next year, we mentioned you're training three days per week. Is there anything you're doing uh, with your training or any like areas that you're trying to bring up and anything you're doing specifically to try and get that? Yeah. Um, so the focus is, is going to be pecs. It might not seem like it when you look at the program, but pecs, <laughs> I'm trying to find a, a good movement for it. I think I, I finally found it. Um, it's this one old machine that I think it's going to work out. We'll see. But three days a week, um, it, it kind of is minimal volume. 
I'd say on average, it's funny because like you know when it, when I like when I write programs for people, it's like I don't ever like count how many sets are doing of anything. Like it's just you just kind of know this looks right or this doesn't, right? Like you kind of know it's going to fall somewhere in like that recommended range. Yeah, uh, but it's definitely on the lower end. So I think it's it's maybe about six sets per. Yeah, uh, per body part, yeah, six sets total, like each week, uh, three days a week. I'm doing. I'm really focusing on on. Um, things that really challenge the muscle in the lengthened position. And on top of that, um, also spending extra time there with like these, these long pauses, um, the long pauses, you know, it's like, I really don't care how strong I am no more. Like I've, I've done my fair share of like strength feats. Um, so it's like, I don't need to have anyone see me RDL 600 pounds. It's like, I'll do my 400 pounds with like a pause. And, and like, if anything, it makes it, easier to warm up to it's 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 safer arguably right um so but but yeah a lot of a lot of uh prioritizing the lengthened portion of it which i think maybe when it comes to my programming it's there's so much of that that it's like hmm, you know maybe you're getting ahead of yourself but it's like i can't wait for research Steve. i can't it's like i have <laughs> this window i have this career um and it's like, I'm not going to wait until it's like, you know, everyone's like giving me the green light. It's like, you know, once you get to that advanced stage, you're out there turning stones, trying to see what works. Cause yeah. one thing I learned from COVID, like I keep this muscle for the most part, like I hardly trained during COVID and I probably downgraded to like 80% of what I was like with, I had a 40 pound kettlebell. That's what I had. Um, and some bands that were a pain to, 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 to use. Like I, hardly ever i i didn't really take that many steps back and then like within two weeks of like normal training like i'm like oh it's just like my muscles were flat this whole time so yeah. i can't get any worse it's largely experimental to some extent uh the, the, the how much i'm biasing the length and stuff but it's like i can't, I can't wait like I, i'm sorry guys it's like if it's if i'm a little ahead of myself it's like i, I can't wait for things to be like 100 confirmed because i am out here trying yeah. to beat these guys that like unless you've been around the sport and seen these freaks like you just wouldn't understand like they are it doesn't matter what they do like we can't coach them to do a bad job like we can't like they're that freaking good so <laughs> we'll see if it, see if it works um the three days a week is more of a longevity thing i think okay where it's like if i can do that maybe that bottleneck like it, it eventually gets all bodybuilders where you know the joints just eventually are like peace. Um, maybe, maybe I can delay that a little bit. And, and if it works as well as I hope it does, imagine being able to prep training three days a week. Like that would be okay. Maybe it'll drive my food down a little bit, but I, at this point, I don't care. Food's here. Sometimes it's gone other times, whatever. Um, like that would be, that would, that would definitely make it like a lot smoother. When I think of three days, um, I struggle with it, with like the, I would say the mental component. I don't know if, because mm -hmm. I know training for you, I mean, obviously for anyone listening, probably it's like the best part of your yeah. day. Is that something you struggle with or struggled with, or have you found it actually to be a fine transition? You know what? I think it's made me like appreciate it more when I do train. Uh, because it's like, I only have so many sets, so many reps, like, cause even that's kind of on the minimalistic side or it would be viewed that way. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of like, um, too, like I remember growing up, like we were only allowed to watch 30 minutes of TV. Like that was it. So to me, whenever like, here's the show I picked for my 30 minute slot, it was an experience. Like I, there, there I was just lost in, in that moment Whereas for. Like all my friends that I went to school, they spent four hours like watching TV. So it's like almost like they almost like took it for granted yeah. in a way. So like now when I'm in there, it's like, oh, this is, this is like the world just like it, it extra disappears. Like, yeah. like everything, like I take nothing. I like my loading of my plates, like that is a pleasure. Um, so, so yeah, I think at the end, it's, it's just kind of reframe things in my mind a little bit. Uh, if I do add days, it'll be solely for that reason, because um, I feel better when I exercise, generally. Um, 
yeah like i think it was it was uh, uh dr benhouse like he, he he mentioned something about like uh if i've like i trained just 15 minutes in the morning or something i'm, I'm a better person that day like yeah yeah you know right so it's kind of like that i am doing cardio like to kind of fill that void a little bit right. i don't enjoy it like weightlifting but yeah no i appreciate my training more than ever like that that's for sure yeah that makes that makes sense to me when like distance makes the heart grow fonder type of thing yes uh, yeah, it may, yeah and uh I guess also when you're, like you said, you're focusing on the lower end of volume, that the quality of the work can just mm -hmm. be that much higher because you can just focus that much more. Are you still, is it still twice per week frequency for muscle groups or are some even at, at one with that split? Uh, my legs are everything in the legs is, is basically one, um, but uh, all upper body is, yeah, it gets twice-ish a week, you could say. Um, yeah, that that's been a little weird because it's been years since I've done that. But um, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no complaints. And the little leg days can be a little daunting, like, and I almost feel like a sellout to like our tribe when people ask right. me what do you have, and I can't say you know something like extra fufu like quad dominant lower body day. Like it's I have a leg day, bro. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And it's hard. I mean, I guess that's one of the, the thoughts I always have is when like higher frequencies allowed you to spread that volume out mm -hmm. to keep it higher quality. But I guess you've come to the conclusion you can still get like you don't need that much volume. It doesn't need to spread that much. So you can actually get it all done in those three single sessions and there's, there's nothing more needed. Yeah. And arguably, honestly, full body, probably like when I see the layout on myself, I'm like, yeah, it probably make the most sense. But I, I, I don't enjoy full body. Yeah. Um, People also fatigue differently. Like I remember when hit cardio was a thing. I remember everyone be like, "It messes me up." And like hit cardio did nothing to me. Like, like I, I could I could do intervals every day. I'd be fine. Uh, so I don't fatigue at all. But some about about like like the full body. Like it just locks me up. Like I, I can't do one sort of chest variation on Monday and then Wednesday do another. Like I can, but it doesn't doesn't feel good not, not for me personally so yeah also uh, there's that bit but arguably I, sh I should be doing full body yeah i think that's where i think that's nice you actually introduced that where it's like you know where like the average and the, the theory would suggest but you aren't that and so you understand actually you're working towards what's working for you at the time and that's in it, i know for the length and partials i think you've actually been doing them for like I don't know, maybe even, I don't know if I'm right in saying like a year, like you've been doing some experimentation with it for a, a much longer time than I have. It's only recently where like the meta-analysis came out and then um, I've seen like been talking to people further about it where I'm like, oh, I'm convinced the point where I'm going to start implementing it. It's mm -hmm. only the last maybe four months I've been like playing around with some of it. And uh, yeah, I, I like the, that's kind of my perspective on it too, where I'm like, I'm not going to wait until it's like 100% confirmed to give it a shot. I'm like, I'm going to, like, I want to be on, not the cutting edge is the wrong word because that sounds like a marketing term, but I want to be like, I don't want to miss out on anything here if there, yes. there's something to it. <laughs> yeah, and it's one of those decisions where it's like, it's arguably not going to make you worse. Yeah. So, you know, why not? But for the back, yeah, for the back specifically, I've, I've been doing that. And um I remember there, so there was this like hiatus, like when my back went away for a few years, like somewhere in the middle of my career. But at the start, like when I was an amateur, it was one of my best body parts. But I was doing a lot of those like GD rows. Yes. And when I think about it, it's like, okay, because like, the, the bros, it's sometimes they definitely are onto things, but it's it's not the purest extract of what it is that we're, we're looking for. So, like when I look at my chidi rows, it's like, oh, I was using a load that was challenging enough for the length and position, but it was very crude because it was my ankles, my knees, my hips, my spine. Like they were all helping me move, but it was arguably challenging enough for that length and position. So uh, now it's like, okay, like we can see why that that claim is not like totally bizarre when someone's like, I started doing you know these chidi bent over barbell rows and things started to grow. Uh, okay, I, I can see why, but I think this is a more sophisticated, refined way of, of, of getting that done. 
I think that I have not heard anyone describe it so well as that in terms of like learning like the bros and then refining it that that that's the way I was thinking about it too where like using momentum you can almost make like a bent over row into your like prime row where you're making like biasing the length and position by driving momentum in the short position to make that easier you most intuitively have to do that to make it Mm -hmm. feel productive if you're super strict with it it just ends up feeling a bit like wrong is the only word I could call it so yeah yeah, it's it's funny when again the science just starts maybe confirming like you say refining some of what people were doing in the past Uh, and that happens so often actually very often very often so yeah I'm always open to those like analytical bros yeah um and especially like enhanced guys with pretty good genetics who are like just oh like they're good at observing things like things because with them like okay they hop on this like 12 week blast and they've done it before or something um like they can see things happen because they have good genetics and because they have these enhancements it's like they can spot things like really quick you know it's like oh when i started doing sissy squats with these pauses like my legs blew up you know it's like you know so like sometimes it's worth listening you know they might not have it all the way right but i mean they're invested in their physique like they want to be better and they're going to try to decipher although it could be kind of messy sometimes like what is what is actually working here so um yeah if you view it through that lens like some of those individuals can be like highly highly valuable that's really interesting i haven't viewed it from that lens and actually in recent times i'd been increasingly frustrated with some of the enhanced side and what they'd say because i'm just like man that just you're so far from being natural that no longer <laughs> it really computes um, not the whole obviously enhanced side yeah. but i think where you refine it to that individual like you mentioned that makes tons of sense because i'm always again with like length and partials and experimenting with it it's like well can i compare that to what i did like last mesocycle not using it not really like it's like it takes so long to be able to compare mm-hmm. these differences like uh, i know like brian Bornstein who you know it's in like an arm experiment where he's training one arm and not the other and I'm like you're gonna have to do that for quite a long time to see like a measurable change in your arm size uh maybe more time more time than I'm probably willing to commit <laughs> yeah he's a soldier for that one man yeah. that one's <laughs> that one's nuts but but you know it's, it's part of this is you know like I think it attracts a, a group of people who are just very curious yeah um and you know he's been training for a while, so it's one of those things. I'm not going to get worse. Like I'm still going to be jacked yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, let's let's figure this out. But but yeah, yeah, I mean my three day thing. It's kind of an experiment. We'll see. I was supposed yeah. to cut it off. I think I said January initially. Like it started in November, and here it is. Like we're in the middle of March, and I'm still running it, and I I, I see it continuing. That's very cool. Yeah, I think a lot of the changes you've made. Also, like you said, for longevity purposes, they're like, they kind of complement one another in terms of like, yeah, I mean, I guess actually that's a question I, that came into my head was the, the power lifter in you, I guess, is that a, a scratch that you need to itch at any point or are you kind of done with the power lifting and you're going to like go 100% into bodybuilding now? I've never liked powerlifting, Steve. It was one of those okay. things where I did it because <laughs> all my friends were doing it. Like okay. It was peer pressure, but I, I can think of one meet where I didn't train hard at the day before so like that's where my mind was at um and i mean i got some valuable lessons from it it's like i'm tremendous at bracing for my rdls because i picked up these skills from powerlifters and like i know how to get myself strong and get my athletes strong if i need to and i'm a big fan of the sport i just don't like it for me yeah um so no i mean i I think if i feel like at some point this this off season like i can deadlift 600 conventional for reps i'm gonna do it just just like for that gorilla action um but no no i love powerlifting like they, they got that big sheffield meet coming up and yeah i don't know what time it's gonna be but i'm not gonna miss that i absolutely <laughs> I, I adore the sport like like I, some of my favorite athletes like they're they're on that side um but but no i'm i'm, I'm good I'll, I'll leave that up to the like truly strike because People think like bodybuilders are strong and it's like, okay, it's kind of like tracking field strong. And then there's other sports where there's people who are individually fast. It's like, there's a difference between like track and field fast and 
you know, this football, that football, or basketball fast and track and field fast. Same thing with powerlifting. Like, like there's, if I dedicated the next 10 years to my, and I'm not a super weak guy to, to, to powerlifting, I couldn't even compete with the juniors. Like those guys, they're, they're just somewhere else. So I'll just watch from the stands. I think it was like 10 years ago or something around that it just exploded. The powerlifting scene just got like ultra competitive. Um, Cause I think there was a time, I think my first powerlifting meet, I was close to being able to like qualify for nationals or something. And I look back and I'm like, Man, those numbers would be nowhere close now. Like they were not scraped in <laughs> at all. Uh, but I didn't realize you or, cause I know Jeff isn't particularly fond of powerlifting yeah. either. Like, or he, I mean, similar to you, I think he enjoys the sport, but he doesn't do it. Like he doesn't want to compete in it. Um, so I didn't realize you're in the same uh, position as him. Uh, one final question I thought was interesting, uh, just as like a, a sign off, I guess, is for 2023 outside of, like you mentioned, probably meditating, sleep, a uh, bigger priority, mentioned some things with training. Um, nutritionally, it sounds like the the biggest change for you, I don't know if it's a big change, but it's a change. You mentioned not having alcohol. So I'd love to hear mm. a little bit more about that and yeah, what what uh, brought that on. Man, this is, this is like, I think the wonderful part about like being a bodybuilder, especially a seasoned bodybuilder where things just move real slow. And like, if you were to describe to people that don't do this, like how much trouble you're going through to, you know, see minuscule progress, they're like, Pretty soon you have an intervention you know, with all, yeah. all your friends and family, right? <laughs> you need to cut out this bodybuilding thing. Um, but I think it, it makes it so that I'm like I'm not afraid like of new challenges and new things because um anything, anything else I do at this point, it's like it's gonna be very linear in regards to like just getting better. I, I don't know, like if I want to learn French or Italian, like I know that hey, it's gonna progress faster than my bodybuilding and yeah. Like to me, that's like light speed, right? Um, and with uh, no no drinking, it was so in in my family. Like there there, there is like we have, we have issues with alcoholism, and I can definitely tell. Like when I drink alcohol, it, it's not a downer for me. Like it feels like a stimulant. Like it's amazing. But I've been aware of this. So I've always kind of kept it under control. But it just dawned on me. I'm like could you not drink for a while? Like, like, I wonder, I wonder if I could do this. I wonder, if, and then like the bodybuilder, you know, it's like a, it's a challenge. And and then I couldn't get out of my head. So the last drop of alcohol I had was Halloween right after the, uh, the show I did in Canada. And my only regrets is that it was only one shot of like their top shelf tequila. I wish it would have been two because that ended up being actually my final drink. So um, so I was like, okay, nothing more this year. And then I'm like, should I do next year? Should I just do a calendar year? And then I was like, you already got that idea in your head the whole year. You're not going to let it go. So just do it. So it, it's been kind of just a personal challenge. Um, I, I've never really been a super big drinker. I think I, even previously I could go, like I enjoy it, but I'm also wary of like what I'm prone to. Right. So I, I drink like maybe once a month or something like that. Um, at most, I would have a row weird week where maybe I had three of three really good beers, but like that was it. Um, so it was more so that it was just like, hey, like whenever sometimes you have this idea in your head, and the fact that it kind of makes you chicken out a little bit, it's like, okay, maybe there's something there. I need to, I need to look yeah. into this, and I, I, I can only thank bodybuilding for that because I mean, we do it all the time, like every day. It's like there's certain reps that we take sometimes in our training where every cell in your body is like put this shit away man like don't don't do this and and it's one of the perks of being a bodybuilder like there's whispers there like you really listen closely a lot of life lessons and to me as soon as that popped up in there i'm like okay now i gotta do this because there's a part of me that that doesn't want to i think so it sounds like a big part of it is actually just that like challenge like the the self-discipline because yeah when i hear it, it it appeals to me um 
And I, I then start thinking about other things I could apply it to, like no caffeine for this year. I'm mm. like, oh shit, <laughs> I could, do I want to commit to that? That's a scary <laughs> yeah. prospect. No yeah. caffeine. Um, alcohol is a little bit more, I mean, I'm I'm not a big drinker at all for, for a long time, but it's not, I'm trying to think if there's something similar because it's like enough of, it's because you obviously don't drink super regularly and it's all, all wins by not having it save money. Like it's not great yes, for your health, yes. whatever. It's like something you do enjoy, but it's not something you need. So it's like, I don't know, identifying something that's like, something that you can remove like, and you can win at that. And then maybe you can move on to larger obstacles. I think just for self-development, that's really cool. So yeah, I'm glad I asked about that because that's, it's an interesting, there's something, I, I don't know if there's something out there with some podcasts I've been listening to where they've been going more into those, like kind of disciplining yourself and those sort of aspects. So, but I definitely, after hearing it, it makes just complete sense. You, like you said, with training, you, you kind of reduce your access to it. You start enjoying that thing more. So you kind of have to play like yin and yang with life in some ways. Yeah, no, I, I haven't voiced it like too much than not, not drinking because I, I did the countdown a few days ago and it was like 130 some days. Cause most of the time when people like, someone's like, I quit drinking. It's because like, you know, people can be like, oh, he must've messed up. Like he, <laughs> he had a baby somewhere, <laughs> lost all his money. Um, so no, thankfully it never got to that point. Um, but yeah, I just, it's man, there's so many wonderful perks to training outside of like the benefit itself. And I think that's why, like, dude, like if you couldn't make any more gains from this point onwards, like you would still train just as hard just because it's such a, it, it, it really centers you and yeah. it helps you gain perspective and traction when it comes to anything else in life. Absolutely. I'm going to call it there. I've been I've taken an hour of your time and like ever, I feel like I can talk you, to you forever, uh, Alberto. And uh, thank you for taking the time. Um, I think just some really cool takeaways and just recapping your shows and the experience there. And then I'm excited to follow along 2023 and then, yeah, potentially see you uh, maybe even in real life in 2024 on stage. That'd be exciting, but uh, definitely going to be watching along. If people want to keep up with you, what you're doing, I guess uh, you've also got your Twitter. If that's new, I can make sure that's linked as well. But where should people be following? Uh, Twitter is cool. I, I have like 400 followers on me. So help me out, Steve. Um, <laughs> I'm most uh, active on, on Instagram. Um, and then we have our, our website, Beauty Muscle Journey, where basically anything we put out is going to be um, like dispersed through there. So, um, but yeah, follow me on Twitter. And uh, the Twitter thing, you know, again, we discussed this. It's just more so let me throw out topics because sometimes I'm a little disconnected from like what everyone else wants and whatever gets like thumbs up, likes. It's like, okay, I need to speak more about these yeah. things because, you know, sometimes we're, again, we're so deep in the woods, dude. Like, you know, here we are talking about like humorous lengths on like side relaxed <laughs> poses, <laughs> right? Um, so, yeah it just keeps me in touch with what the audience actually wants because you know i feel good when i'm helpful makes a lot of sense awesome yeah i'll make sure that's all linked as well and obviously your youtube so people can kind of check over the vlogs and things that you've been doing pretty darn regularly actually which is really uh, cool as well and valuable so yeah again thank you alberto thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you in the next one take care losing weight fast while maintaining muscle mass Sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? It isn't though, it's reality and we know how to do it. And we will help you achieve this. The Minicup Movement is an eight week fat loss program to make you lose a huge chunk of fat while maintaining muscle mass at the same time. We will support you from the beginning to the end so that you see the results you would like to and come out of it much stronger. You'll receive a fully automated spreadsheet that is based on your nutritional needs. You can choose between six different male and female training templates. Over 30 videos will guide you through each and every single step of the minicup so that you're getting the most out of your journey and that you always know what to do. But the best thing is that you can start whenever you want. The minicup movement is open 24-7. So if you want to learn more or you're ready to sign up, hit the link in the description below. So let's revive stronger together.